Are you a business owner or entrepreneur who's had great success in the business world? And now you want to launch a speaking career to share your message with the world. If that's you, then listen up. 25-year speaking industry veteran Brett Ridgway has released his latest special report, Three Key Things Entrepreneurs Must Master to Build a Profitable Speaking Business. To pick up your copy, go to brettridgeway.com forward slash freebie. Welcome to the Spotlight on Speaking Show with Brett Ridgway, where you'll learn the keys to building a profitable speaking business from speaking industry pros. Each week, we interview a great guest who will share his or her speaking journey, identify what their keys to success have been, and highlight some critical mistakes they've made along the way that you'll want to avoid. Be sure to visit our website at spotlightonspeaking.com. And while you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now, sit back, tune in, and get ready to meet this week's guest. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Spotlight on Speaking Show with Brett Ridgway. And I am excited to have as my guest today, Tiffany Kellogg. Tiffany entered the entrepreneurial world in 2003 and since then has enjoyed being able to help her clients make money, save time, and have fun. Since 2003, Tiffany has spent her time traveling across the globe, helping thousands of entrepreneurs create an amazing business and have spectacular lives through keynote presentations, workshops, online programs, and more. Whether sharing her expertise with her Southern accent on networking, referral marketing, or maximizing your time, Tiffany will knock the socks off the audience with her fun and entertaining presentations while leaving them with epiphanies, which are epiphanies from Tiffany, to help create results in their world. Tiffany shares my goal is to help people achieve their dreams by giving them the tools needed to make more money in less time so they can have more fun. Tiffany is the author of Four and a Half Networking Mistakes, Maximize Your Networking Efforts by Avoiding Common Mistakes, Knock the Socks Off Your Audience, Delivering Presentations with Power and Passion to Audiences Large and Small, and Socks to Success, Be Memorable, Branding to Generate More Referrals. In addition to her referral knowledge, Tiffany is known for having fun. She's a proud nerd enjoying both Star Trek and Star Wars, Doctor Who, and reading science fiction. She also enjoys a cool craft beer, typically with her husband, Rob, or at a brewing up business event. Now, I've never heard of a brewing up business event before. Is that a, is that a Southern thing or what? It's a, it's a my husband and I thing. We started in, <laughs> I think, 2017 hosting monthly networking mixers at local breweries. Well, Tiffany, welcome back to the Spotlight <laughs> on Speaking show. And I say welcome back because Tiffany and I did a fantastic interview oh. a week ago. <laughs> and, and dummy me hit the record button and apparently hit the record button again. And I had a three-second clip and we were done. So oh, no. that, that didn't work. So she, she graciously agreed to come back on and share her expertise again. And it, it was a fantastic interview. So I'm looking forward to see if we can <laughs> recreate the magic again. So no, it was one of, I, it was funny. I got done and I'm like, it was so good. Somebody's like, oh, this one will be even better. I'm like, it was really good. So we, well, we're hopeful. <laughs> you know, as I say, shit happens. <laughs> it does. It does. <laughs> All right, Tiffany. So, you know, you joined the entrepreneur one in 2003. What did you come out of and, and what prompted the move into the entrepreneurial world? So it was interesting. I never had intentions of getting into the entrepreneurial world. I got out of college. 
and I had that job, you know, that's got like salary and paid vacation and all that fun stuff. Though in March of 2003, two things happened to get me where I'm at. Uh, the job that I had, the board of directors got together, did some restructuring, and my position was no longer part of the organization. So they very nicely offered me a severance package or a demotion. The other thing that happened that month, my mom, who had been battling breast cancer for the previous 17 months, was given a terminal diagnosis mm. and maybe a couple of weeks left to live. Um, so I took the severance package and it was brilliant because it gave me the opportunity to spend each and every day with her. And she hung on. We actually had several months with her. We even got to celebrate her 47th birthday. We had this huge party. Everybody came over. It was a blast. The next morning we had some breakfast and she went to take a nap and never woke back up. And I was left with, okay, I don't have a job. Now it's time to look. I've lost my mom, my best friend. What am I going to do? And there was a friend of the family, Jackie, and she would come over at like 10 on Mondays, four on Thursdays, where everybody else is there evenings and weekends because they had a J-O-B. She owned her own business. And I'm like, ooh, I want to be an entrepreneur. So I picked up and moved to Florida. And what I found is just because you have a business doesn't mean that you have any business whatsoever. And I spent the next two years cold calling. And I'm good at it, but I hate doing it. <laughs> so I then in 2005 got invited to my very first networking event. And it was like, oh, there are people here to pass me referrals. This is awesome. So I got involved in a lot of networking. But what I found is there's a lot of networking going on. That's a lot of work, but not necessarily generating any results. And so it was, you know, how do I do this? How do I do this? Trial and error, doing some learning. And I ended up coming up with some amazing things that can be done to help generate referrals. Um, the Ascentive is an organization and like that, it was just mind blowing. And I'm like, oh, wow, there is a better way of doing this. And so I, I kind of, you know, was using that. And then in 2008, I'm like, no, this is what I want to do. I love the promotional products world, which is where I was at. But I'm like, I love being able to work with entrepreneurs and help them have the shift in their business that I was able to have in my business. So how can I share this with as many people as possible? So what prompted you to enter the speaking world as part of building your business aside <laughs> from just networking? So I started doing a little bit of speaking when I had my promotional products business. And so I, I kind of dabbled in that. And I was afraid of speaking in public in 2003, if you would have said, hey, you're going to be a public speaker in 20 years, I would have been like, yeah, no, that is so not going to happen. Um, but I found it as a great way. Yeah, I found it as a great way to grow my business. And so it's just a perfect fit to disseminate this information that is how do you grow your business by referral? And I love doing it now. Now, I would rather network. No, go and do a speaking engagement. Yes. <laughs> like, it's so funny. I'm like, yeah, no networking. Whew, that makes me more nervous than doing a speaking engagement. So in my mind, Tiffany, there are three types of speakers, keynote speakers, platform sellers, and people who are just using it as a business building tool, which obviously you did when you had your promotional products company. Yes. So which of those arenas do you typically like to play in and why? So I love being able to keynote. I don't do it as often as I would like. Um, most of what I do would be more training or facilitation of programs with small groups. So I do love doing a keynote. As long as they're looking for a keynote, that's not just motivational or stories. I'm like, I got to give them something mm, 
I want people to walk away with those e-Tiffany's that they can use so they can have more money, more time, and more fun. Um, so I, and I've done all of them. I've done keynoting. I've done, you know, selling from the, the stage. I've done the promoting of the business. So I've done them all and I continue to do them all. I think it's great to have those options though. Mainly I would say I do more of a facilitation as my number one, when am I speaking from the stage or from the seat when we're on zoom. All right. So as a, a trainer slice facilitator or whatever, what do you think the biggest keys to be successful in that particular approach are? So it's really important for us to be who we are, regardless of this stage that we're on. Perfect is not relatable. And so let who you are come through. I remember there was a speaker and coach I was interviewing once to see about helping me be a better speaker. And I am continuously working on being a, a better speaker. I think even the most amazing speakers are continuing to work better. So that's a second tip. Um, but getting back to, to this one. And he was like, you know, I think we need to get rid of the Southern accent and get rid of the y'all and the ain't. And I appreciate where he was coming from. However, I'm Southern and it's part of who I am. And so instead of whitewashing it and just being like, let's be like everyone else, I really like being authentic to who I am. And so I put my nerdy stuff in there. Um, I'm not sure, are we getting video here or just audio? Oh, video, baby. Video, all right. So your people can see behind me. Yep. I've got my little baby Yoda here. I've got my time, money, and fun here. I, I try and bring that personality to the stage because I think people will connect with you. Now, that being said, it's really hard as a speaker sometimes to get through this, but not everybody is going to like you. Mm -hmm. And that kind of hurt my heart when I first started speaking. And it's not they didn't like your speech. It's like, oh, I didn't like her. And we're with different professions, it's like, I don't like the product or service, but as the speaker, you are the product or service. And so sometimes that can get a little, and so I had to get, you know, it's not that they don't like me. I mean, maybe some of them don't, but it's just, <laughs> I'm not the right flavor for them. And that's okay. Well, I've got to say, I love a good y'all, Tiffany. So I have no problem <laughs> with that or whatsoever, but now you talk about continuous improvement and all that stuff. So as a ongoing journey to continually improve your speaking skills or whatever what type of things do you do to make those steps so my newest favorite ai toy that i've gotten to play with is called Udly. i think it's y-o-o-d-l-i and it is an ai that to me acts almost as a toastmasters so you can practice your presentations or you can record like it can be part of your zoom meeting and it will do things like count the ums and the ahs, the double clutches. It keeps track of filler words. It will track and tell you if you're using any non-inclusive words. So guys, it's like, oh, maybe use folks. I said crap one time. They're like, oh, maybe that's not good. I'm like, my, my brand as a speaker is PG, PG-13. Crap doesn't bother me. I try and stay away from some of the hardcore curse words when I'm speaking. That's my brand. Not as much at home, but when I'm speaking, and it also tracks things like how fast or how slow are you speaking? What is your eye contact like? How are your smiles? Are you centered? And so this new tool I really loved because it gives me a lot of tracking capabilities. And one thing that I found, I was talking too fast. And I know I'm still talking fast, y'all, but I'm talking slower than I was 
before I started using it. Um, I, does it count the y'alls, Tiffany? It does count the y'alls, but it doesn't give me any, um, it doesn't <laughs> give me like points taken away for using y'alls <laughs> or eight. It, it's okay with the Southern. And it does, it does a bunch. And so what I've loved about it is I'm like, okay, I need to slow down more. I've got my little turtle right here on my ring light, Speedy the turtle from the teeny beanie babies from back in the day. Um, but he is sitting there reminding me, Tiffany, slow down. So my goal is to speak in about the 160s range, which is still on the fast end of the scale. It's just not as fast <laughs> because while I'm fast paced, not everybody else is. And it records you. So if you're not watching yourself speak, if you're a speaker, I think that's one of the hardest and most helpful things to do is really watch yourself. And you'll pick up on things that you didn't realize before. I would, when I was nervous, twist my wedding rings. Mm -hmm. And if I'm on Zoom, you can't tell. I even have a fidget, <laughs> a spinning ring to fidget with, but I have to do it below the camera line. I used to have long hair, like waist length long hair for three fourths of my life. I got it cut shorter. And I noticed sometimes when I was, I was moving the hair that was no longer there off of me because I was so used to doing it. And I would have never picked up on those things had I not watched the video. Now, Udly picks up on what you say, not your mannerisms as much, though it does give you the opportunity to practice. So that to me has been a really cool tool. And right now it's free. So I'm like singing the praises. People are like, how much affiliate fee do you get? And I'm like, none. I'm just loving the technology because it's helping me better and it's not costing anything. All right. So give us that URL again for the tool. Um, that's a really great question. I believe it is app.yoodli.ai is the website for that tool. All right, cool. All right, so <laughs> what other tips for success might you have? Because you, you, I want to get into the whole area of referrals a little bit more, but in terms of general speaking tips, got a, got a third one maybe to throw at us there? I highly recommend practice, practice, practice. Though I don't think it's enough to practice your presentation. Some people are like, yeah, I read through it a few times. No, when I'm practicing my presentation, I'm not sitting because usually I'm standing if I'm on the stage. Now, Zoom's a little different, but I typically still practice standing because I want that energy. In my notes, I actually include not only the words that I'm going to say, but the, the music to go along with it. So if I need to do a slide, I have a note that says slide. So as I'm practicing my presentation, whenever I need to do it, I'll grab my clicker and pretend to click. If I have the PowerPoint up, fine. If I don't, that's okay, but I'll pretend to click. And so I've had people say, Tiffany, you didn't even look at the presentation. You were just going through the slides. Are they timed? No, I don't work that way. I never go on time. I always run long. So I know that. And so I practice 20% shorter than whatever time frame I have, because I promise you I'm going to go long. 20% works for me. But I'm using and I'm clicking the slide, even if I don't have it in front of me, so I don't have to think about it. If there's a gesture or a movement that I want to do, it's mm -hmm. in my notes and I do it. If I need to make sure I'm smiling, which isn't really a problem for me because I'm a very smiley person, uh, but sometimes, you know, you have to be somber. And so put that smile in the note. So I practice the smile. I, I practice all of that. And what happens is when I'm able to do that practicing, it really helps me get comfortable with the content and the material. And it's less about me regurgitating what I, I've written. It's much more about the show that I'm presenting. 
Now, people are getting to the age where not everybody knows who Ferris Bueller is. You and I probably are of an age, we're still okay, but I've got some millennials in my programs and they're like, Ferris Bueller, what? But most of us, at least probably 35, 40 plus, remember Ferris Bueller and the teacher that was so boring, Ben Stein, monotone. And if that's you as a presenter, then everybody in the audience is going to fall asleep. And it doesn't matter how amazing your words are, nobody's listening. So I, I want to go off a brief sidebar here. So when you're doing a presentation, Tiffany, where it is a, let's say, platform selling situation. Yes. What do you think the division should be between content and sales percentage-wise in a presentation? So yesterday I did a 90-minute sell from the stage presentation, and we sprinkled the what we were upselling to two minutes in the first, I think we were about 20 minutes in, I said, here's the upcoming schedule, two minutes. I had a client share a testimonial about an hour in, and we spent the last 10 minutes with the offer. And so I think it was 15 or 16 minutes worth, which is a big chunk for a 90 minute presentation. However, um, because I had it kind of seated in the earlier conversations 10 minutes at the end didn't seem as much and they knew that they were going to get a sell but I'm big on like if I go to a webinar oh I went to one and I was annoyed because I paid for it it was like a $25 program here's what you get all we got was a sell I'm like I didn't get any content I'm like I, I was ready to take notes it's like walk away with this ready to go and I'm like all they did was sell me for that and that so annoys me like here was the promise. I didn't get what I was promised. And so I try to keep mine to the minimum because that's not why people show up. And you don't want to become that person. They're like, okay, I showed up. Like I will never do anything with this person again because I'm like, you bait and switched. Like I want to give you what I promised you. And yeah, it's free. So you get a little bit of an upsell, but I typically, I would say less than 10 or 20% is what I'm doing with an upsell. Okay, all right, very good. All right, so I have a couple other areas I want to go into with Tiffany, but before we continue, let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsor. Are you a business owner or entrepreneur who's had great success in the business world, and now you want to launch a speaking career to share your message with the world? If that's you, then listen up. 25-year speaking industry veteran Brett Ridgway has released his latest special report, Three Key Things Entrepreneurs Must Master to Build a Profitable Speaking Business. To pick up your copy, go to brettridgeway.com forward slash freebie. And we are back with the Spotlight on a Speaking Show. My guest today is Tiffany Kellogg. So, Tiffany, your area of expertise is referral marketing, obviously. So, Let's talk about some specific techniques that speakers might employ to increase the number of referrals that they can get for their speaking business, whatever, whether it's keynoting or platform selling or whatever it may be. <laughs> so I'll make it easy. Five simple steps that work for any speaker. Step one is determine who's your ideal client. So who is it that you want to speak to, whether this is individuals, groups, organizations, companies? Really come up with who is that ideal client and what's the message that you're going to share with that ideal client. Sometimes people are like, I just want to talk to everybody. 
Um, but it's really hard for me to refer you to everybody. I need a little bit more. Are you looking for the Chamber of Commerce? Are you looking for the moms groups? What is your ideal audience? Because once we come up with our ideal audience, we can move to step two, which is who are my best referral sources? And I mentioned the Chamber of Commerce and mom groups. And what we're going to do is we want to look at who's selling to that group of people. And who's selling to the Chamber of Commerce is way different than who's selling to the mom groups. Mm -hmm. So depending on, you know, that ideal client, that will help you determine your referral sources. Now, since I've already gone down the AI <laughs> rabbit hole, um, I have found luck lately with going to chat GPT and saying who is selling to the Chamber of Commerce, who are selling to the new moms. And so if you're not sure who's selling, I always recommend talk to people in that group, but you can also use some chat GPT to, to test it out. Now, it's not enough to just know who the referral sources are. We need to do both step three and step four. And I mentioned them together because instead of them being like, do one then the next, it's almost like a two sides of the coin. You've got to have both of them. And that's, you've got to educate your referral sources as well as motivate your referral sources. Mm -hmm. You want to educate them. What's my topic? Who do I speak to? Why should someone hire me to have me come in or book me to come in and do the speaking engagement? get all of that information. And then we need to motivate our referral sources as well. Insofar as maybe I'm getting them speaking engagements, giving them referrals. Mm -hmm. Perhaps I have a referral rewards or incentive program that I'm offering. Maybe we do a, a live stream or a video interview and share that out with our network. Sometimes it's just a call and say, hey, how's it going? So we have to make sure we're educating and motivating our sources. And then that brings us to step five, that is where we finally get to ask for referrals. Now, what I find is most people don't want to ask for referrals because they're afraid of getting a no. Mm -hmm. And if you're asking for referrals and you're getting a no, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> most people say, do you know anybody that needs my product or service? Two things that are wrong with that. First off, if you say, do you know our brains are like, we're tired. We got too much other work to do. I don't feel like thinking about it, so no. So we just want to switch it up and say, who do you know instead of do you know? Mm -hmm. And then the second half of that that needs to be evaluated is the request. Because again, our brains, we have a lot going on. And so when you, when you say that needs my product or service, it's like, I don't know who needs your products or service next. So Instead, you want to give us a specific ask. Who do you know who runs the local chamber of commerce? Who do you know who is in charge of the Saturday morning moms group in the neighborhood? And so give us that specific request when we're asking. And that will help you not get a no and actually get some referrals. Are there any additional suggestions, Tiffany, for getting referrals out of the organization that you're going in to speak to? Yeah. So sometimes you can work up and down an organization. So if you've got a local organization, you could see, do they have a city organization, a state organization, a national organization? You can also work kind of sideways. Okay. I spoke to the, you know, I'm trying to think, oh, I'm in Tampa. So I spoke to the Tampa chapter. Can you help me with the Orlando chapter? Cause that's only about 45 minutes to an hour for me. Could you help me with the Ocala chapter? Could you help me with the Gainesville chapter? So you could kind of work it laterally in so far as groups just like that, just in different locations. And one of the things that I love to do 
So if I'm in person, old fashioned, I have a tell me more sheet where people fill out, like, here's where you get my freebies. Mm -hmm. um, if you want to sign up for something. And then the last line that I always have on it. And if I'm doing it on Zoom, usually I'll use like a Google survey or survey monkey or something like that. But if I'm on in person, both times, the last line is, please contact me. I would like Tiffany to speak to my company, organization, et cetera. And so I'm asking the audience members if they have a speaking engagement in mind for me as well. So I'm cultivating that list to follow up with them after the event. Okay. All right. So now it's time for the barrier soul question. Tiffany. Oh, no. And, 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 that, and that is, tell me a specific mistake that you made along your path that maybe was embarrassing at the time, but there was a valuable lesson learned and something that should be passed along to the aspiring speaker. <sighs> okay. So... <laughs> One thing, and, and maybe it wasn't uh, as much of a mistake, but it was a huge pivot for me. I was doing a presentation. There were three of us. I was the middle speaker. The first speaker's presentation is crafting your elevator pitch. My presentation was very much centered around why you should never use an elevator pitch. <laughs> it was like, she wasn't originally on the schedule, like a last minute yeah, fill-in. And so yeah. I'm like, Holy crikey, she just blew up like two thirds of my presentation. And I could have gotten up and delivered the presentation as it was written. It was good. I know it. Um, however, what would have that done? People would either be liking me and not her or liking her and not me would have created a massive amount of tension. And so I just kind of had to go on the fly and evaluate what's happening. Because earlier in my career, I had done a presentation. That's probably where the mistake came from. It's not as vivid in my mind, where I kind of contradicted the, the earlier speaker. I mean, my gosh, my first book is the four and a half networking mistakes. The experts tell you to do these things. And so I, I kind of just went with my presentation and I could feel it was bad. So for this one, I just kind of had to play around with it. I wanted to make sure that I still gave them what I promised them. I just kind of didn't touch the elevator pitch part because I'm like, this would, it would have just been so ugly on so many levels. Mm -hmm. um, so for speakers, I mean, if somebody's saying the sky is purple and it's blue, I mean, like to me, I don't want to get in a fight with one of the previous speakers. And so if I don't have to address, you know, a different, you could say something like I have a slightly different belief or here's how I feel about it, but try not to make the other speakers, the other people in the room look bad. I'm a huge fan of referrals. So I am referrals, 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 referrals. And so when people say, hey, Tiffany, do you wanna do some advertising? No, I do referrals. However, advertising is a very valid way of growing your business. And I've seen other people in my field like just slam anything that's not referrals. And then you upset the, the people in the audience that their business is advertising. Right. And so while it may not be my preferred method, it doesn't mean I need to bad talk it. <laughs> the example I like to use, so my husband and I are huge in craft beer. Like when we're planning our vacation, like we, we take into consideration, is this a good brewery area or not? And if it's not, we don't usually go unless there's like <laughs> another reason to go. Um, and I am not a fan of Guinness. I don't like porters. I don't like stouts. I'm not into coffee, the dark, the roasted. Now, I personally, ugh, Guinness, but there's plenty of people that love it. And so it doesn't do me any good to bad mouth what is a fine beer. It's just not my flavor. And so I try to keep some of that to the, the minimal um, anytime that's possible. 
I can be controversial on other things, but yeah. I don't need to be picking at people's professions. All right, Tiffany. So tell people, if you would, a little bit more about specifically what you do for folks and how they can get involved in your world if they so choose. Yeah. So I work with entrepreneurs to help them gain more referrals. And our flagship program is called Ignite Your Business. Though most people come and test me out a little bit. We have a five-day referral challenge that is happening in July. We have a free event that is happening in August. And so people can kind of come out, see if I'm the right flavor for them, get a taste. Will I be selling a new program? Yes, but as we talked about, it's usually 10%, maybe 20% max. I think our five-day referral challenge, we do 30 minutes a day on Zoom. And I think out of the 150 minutes, 16 minutes are here's the next thing. So it's less than 10% or just over 10% that we'll be selling lots of referral tips. And so I always have lots of fun events coming up. And if people want to check me out on social media, my parents named me with a funky spelling, which works nowadays in social media because Tiffany, T-I-F-F-A-N-I-E, Kellogg, K-E-L-L-O-G. I am usually the top one I haven't seen any others with the same spelling. So you can find me pretty easily, tiffanykellogg.com, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram. I'm on TikTok, but I'm not cool enough to know what to do. So, <laughs> All right. So this episode, honestly, will probably air after July or August. So where should they go to find out about the upcoming events, regardless of the time frame? Yeah. So I, I have our referral challenge. It comes up all the time. We, we do it every four or five months. So our next one's coming up this summer, but our following one will probably be in December. And they can go to bit.ly slash TK referrals. And that is our five-day challenge. It's always there. But on my social, I have most of my events there. You can go to my Facebook page and I have my events there listed as well. Now, last time we talked, Tiffany, you also mentioned some type of tool or something that you have available about why ain't you getting referrals or whatever. <laughs> yes, I do. So I have an ebook that takes a little bit more in-depth look at the five steps, as well as why you might not be getting referrals. Yes, why ain't you getting referrals is the name of it. And that also comes with um, a weekly program. So it's five weeks on how to do these five steps. So it gets much more in-depth than what I talked about today. And they go to bit.ly slash why ain't. No punctuation in the, the ain't there, but bit.ly slash why ain't will get you the free ebook. All right. We'll make sure both of those appear in the show notes down below so you can check Tiffany out what she's got going on. So Tiffany, I want to thank you so much for rejoining me today <laughs> and doing this episode again. Fantastic stuff. Folks, this is one of one of the, another one of those listen to it again type episodes because she poured <laughs> out so much great stuff. But Tiffany, thank you so much. Everybody watching or listening, thank you for joining us today. And as always, I wish you the greatest of success in all that you do. And may this year be your greatest year yet. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. This has been the Spotlight on Speaking Show with Brett Ridgway. Be sure to join us every week as we interview speaking industry pros and have them share their best tips for building a profitable speaking business. Until next week, thank you for tuning in. And remember to visit our website at spotlightonspeaking.com so you can enjoy even more great episodes like this one. While you're here, be sure to subscribe via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Spotlight on Speaking Show. Until then, 
Our sincere best wishes to you for the greatest of success as you work to build your own profitable speaking business.